Hey, what's up? On this episode, I'm going to be talking to my friend John, who is the vocalist of The Last 10 Seconds of Life. And they just put a new record. It's a self-titled record. And right now they're out on tour with uh, Cattle Decap. And so we talk a lot about that, talk about the new album, some of the meaning behind some of John's favorite songs off of it, and some of my favorite ones off of it as well. And yeah, these dudes are one of my favorite bands I've ever toured with, got along with everyone in the last 10 seconds of life really well. And John is uh, really one of the most powerful vocalists in the scene right now. And so, yeah, we're just going to talk about the new album and touring and all that kind of good stuff. So this is Johnny McBee, and you're listening to the Burn This World podcast. So four feet of snow. Where where are you at right now? Uh, so right now I'm in front of the foundry in Ohio, in Columbus. Columbus, Ohio. Yes. What's the temperature like right now? So the temperature right now in Berlin Heights. Oh, I'm sorry, Lakewood. Uh, I'm sorry, in Lakewood, Ohio. Right. Let's see. Let's make sure we are. So right now it says I'm 20 degrees. It says it's 20 degrees outside, which is terrible for me. I am not about that. Um, <laughs> but you're from New Jersey. You're New York, New York, right? Yeah, I'm from New York, but I've been living in Florida for the past four years. Oh yeah. So f all that. <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't even it doesn't even matter anymore. Like you know, yeah. growing up in Staten Island and being in Brooklyn and all that. Like you know, living upstate mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Yeah. It's all over. Definitely. Yeah. Once you once you're in Florida, yeah. Once you're in Florida, you're you. There's really no going anywhere else. I mean, I'm even I, in Texas right now, and it freaking snowed here. <laughs> I heard about that, and Johnny, I am so cold, dude. Like it's crazy. <laughs> I'm in a bubble jacket and whatnot, and it was like five degrees out the other night, and I was halfway to the van, and I felt like I wasn't gonna make it, <laughs> and I was just going from like the the venue to the van, and I was like, I can't do this. Like. Right? Yeah, my wife. Uh, we just did um, about two months of uh, shows in Florida, which I w- wish I knew you were down there, uh, but we we're in Fort Myers is her favorite place that we that we went to. And oh, nice. the whole time we're here and it's snowing, she's just looking at the weather at Fort Myers. And today it was like 80 degrees there. <laughs> uh, so nice. Yeah. So soon after New York, um, we start going south. So like we'll oh, have Atlanta will be a lot warmer than 20 right. degrees. So that'll be You're nice. going to get sick from all the difference, the fluctuation. Uh, I'm trying not to, man. I started out the tour a little sick, and then the altitude got to me. We went to Portland and mm-hmm. whatnot, and Utah. And then, uh, you know, I got antibiotics with me and stuff. I'm gonna try to stay. I'm gonna try to stay even with it. I, I'm yeah. hoping once I start going south, my body starts to get hyped, and I get I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. So this is a full U.S. run, and who all are you out yes. with right now? Uh, so cattle decapitation is headlining. We're Ooh. co-headlining, and then uh, creeping death is beneath us. Awesome guys. And yeah. then we have Extinction AD is opening. Okay, that's a that's a pretty death metally tour for you guys. It's actually been really awesome. People have been receiving the music very very well, which has been great. Um, you, well, I mean, we you're your standout on the package. Oh yeah, no, we really are. People have, but people have been accepting it very nice. Which yeah, is great. Well, I like being a different band though. Oh, for sure. That's my whole career is being on packages that I don't belong. Yeah, <laughs> and so and the cattle dudes are so cool. Yeah, but and I mean the I've never I haven't met them, but just watching stuff from them definitely seem more open minded than a lot of the old school death metal dudes. Um, they are very chill guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, how's his vocals? Live, um, amazing. Yeah, amazing. It's like it's ridiculous to watch all the time. He does something, and I'm just like, dude, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, effortless. Do you hear too. him. Yeah, do you hear him pitching like tunnel vocals exactly. right now? With like, this is insane. That's like, my favorite thing that he does. Is he he sounds like a a goblin witch like singing, dude? You know? Yeah, I it's unbelievable. It. <laughs> I love it. Like, what ghost of a pirate? It's so sick. <laughs> yeah, and that yeah, the cattle decap. That's such an interesting tour for you guys to be on. Um, but so perfect because you guys are. You have so many different elements, but definitely more slow and groovy 
compared to to that. And so you probably get the crowd moving pretty good. We usually do. Uh, 90% of the tour has been sick. Uh, Mm -hmm. So like we had one show literally where I think it was Juliet. Everyone just stared at us. Yeah. That that was it. (laughs) That was it. Other than that has been good (laughs) for me. That's New York. New York city is just dead. (laughs) Oh dude. I love playing New York. New York. If you're listening, I love you. Go crazy. Right. <laughs> I don't know. New York's always a weird one for me. Uh, but maybe it's just because I hate being in like New York City. And so pulling a van and trailer down there already just sets my mood off. So, yeah. True. They usually like bad moods, though. They probably feed off of that. <laughs> See, you know I, mean? I loved when we used to, what was the, the venue? We played a place in Brooklyn that was really small and narrow. That place was sick. And then we... Uh, what was the one that was in the basement? It had like three levels, had a bunch of different rooms. Uh, oh my God, dude, I, I so many. The, yeah, I forget the name of it. In the basement, so many. The only thing in the basement I can think of is the knitting factory in the city, but. Yeah, I, I, I just hate playing the Gramercy. Like every time we play the Gramercy, it's just so boring to me. I don't know why. <laughs> I love the city. Yeah. What's, uh, uh, the so the best show of the tour so far, what's it been for you? Oh man, uh, I would say that uh, Portland was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colorado Springs was great. Um, uh, Boise, I think it was. Yeah, Boise, Idaho. That was fucking sick at the Shredder. That was ridiculous. That tiny little venue. Yeah. Um, tonight is sold out because it's a small venue. It's going to be ridiculous here as well. So I'm hype on that. Thank you. Uh, to be completely honest with you, every single show has been like better than the next one. Like I said, there was only that one show in Joliet where it, you know, where it was packed house, but like, you know, they, they, they weren't there for us. You know know what I'm trying to say? Like, and then, um, I think, I think in Utah, it wasn't like we played a really big venue. It wasn't really crowded, but other Mm -hmm. than that, it's, it's been hype as fuck. And even the small show people went crazy. So Mm -hmm. it was good. Uh, so like things are weird right now in the touring world where, you know, half tours are getting canceled halfway through and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm. And I'm I'm also just personally curious because I we have yet to go out. I We had a tour canceled right at the beginning of all this. And so it's made yeah. me weary of going back out and, you know, having that happen again. Um, so like Portland, that's like one of the, the strictest places as far as all this stuff goes. Um like the show there was fine. Everyone turned up. Did they do like vaccine checks for all the bands and all this kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, everyone coming through the door, they would just make you show your ID and your vaccination card and uh-huh. they would ask people to wear their masks if they were in the in the building and stuff. It really wasn't like too out of the ordinary for me. Like I'm not too, too against like yeah. wearing masks and showing your vax card and stuff. Like yeah. I guess I get why it can be upsetting for people. I, I don't disagree with, you know, understanding that, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, they they were. It was cool for me. You know, if they saw you without a mask, they'd be like, "Yo, put out a mask." They wouldn't like be like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> who go crazy? Like, you know. Right. I'm sure some people have different experiences because some people react to that question a little bit differently than other people. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, I mean, you just yeah, you can see fun. all the stuff on the news and Twitter about what's going on in Portland or what's been going on, and you know, so it's good to hear from someone that was just there and played a show that everything was smooth. Yeah, no, it was great. I was hanging out at the dispensary. I got some delicious cookies. You know what I mean? I hung out with some good people. Voodoo donuts? Did you get some voodoo donuts? No, I did not, but I went with my boy Justin Stage, and we went to a delicious Italian beef sandwich spot that was like five minutes from the venue that was banging. There you and go. And then we went to that uh, that hot dog spot. What's it called? Like Coney Island, Anthony's Coney or mm-hmm. Nick's Coney Island or something like that right there. That was Boston, too. I was about that. Heck, yeah. Last time I was in Portland... Uh, the main thing I remember where we were parked, we were parked behind the venue and it was just nonstop, like hundreds of these, like two foot long rats, like running <laughs> through this oh alley, God, like nonstop. Right. But I was just sitting there. I would watch these rats like run into a bush as like a person's walking by. I don't even know there's a freaking uh, <laughs> a Jurassic rat sitting in a bush next to them. <laughs> Dude, they're like little puppies. Yeah. Straight up. Um, wow. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear the tour's going good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, Super fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I'm ready to get the crap back out there, too. I'm ready to do something. Oh, uh, I feel you. So I'm just. I was ready, too. Yeah, it's just, I'm glad to hear people uh, having good success. And especially since you guys got this new album that just dropped. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm hyped to happen on the tour. Yeah, definitely. Because that, that was a big thing for this last Browning release was we didn't know when touring would happen. I had the album done for like eight or nine months before it actually came out because it's always mm-hmm. dropping an album on a tour. And so you yeah. guys actually got to do that. That's pretty sick. Um, yes, that's my favorite. I hate when it happens when you're not on tour. Right. It feels like you're not doing your job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's an album. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so this, how long were you guys working on this record? Oh, dude. So even after, once Machina on Grotto was done, I think, you know, these songs were already kind of not completely done as, you know, there's 14 tracks, but like a, a lot of them, the riffs and stuff like that were kind of just already there, just hanging out in Wyatt's computer. And then, uh, I would I would say like probably like almost two or three years, man. Yeah. We've been working on the album because it's just been he's just been slowly building the riffs and stuff like that. And what'll happen is usually why it will send us skeleton versions of a song, and then Stephen will pretty much write drums to it like along with you know the groove that Wyatt is trying to go for uh-huh. and you know create his own patterns. And then we'll all just kind of dump into it, and I'll write vocals to it, and everyone just kind of takes a swing at it. Yeah, and. You know, it's best when when things aren't rushed and things are kind of done uh, when it's when it's not only convenient but also fun, and so it's good to take time like that. I think uh, my this record took me about two and a half, three years as well. It's just best to take take your time with it. Yeah, I, I, we have absolutely rushed the last two albums. Besides this, the Violent Sound was written. Songs were getting written the morning they were being recorded. Uh-huh. Um. I was same thing in Machina. We were recording songs like while we were writing songs while we were on tour, and then on the the morning of, we went into the studio without songs finished. Like, so this time for the self title, that one hundred percent didn't happen. And I was pretty adamant about that. For me, at least, I was like, anything that you know, why it's gonna write that I'm gonna learn. I'm not gonna. I'm not doing it like the day of. The day of, I can't do that. Yeah, because whenever Violent Sound was coming out, am I right that? They, that you got picked up into the band like right then and just went straight in right. and started and went right into the studio and yeah. it was already it was already partially written because um, Wyatt usually writes everything mm-hmm. but he had was taking time doing his family stuff so I had to learn I got three or four songs before the album and then the rest of it I learned in the studio and it was all just like as we were going yeah. with it you know and what so, I mean? so this is the first one you were the whole process in there this is the first time that we've actually gotten to pre-pro the entire fucking, I'm sorry, sorry, Curse, the entire <laughs> album, but first, mm-hmm. before we, before we got into the studio, usually we, yeah. we don't get to pre-pro at all. We just kind of send like, you know, ideas back and forth and then we're like, all right, let's go. So yeah. this time we actually had the entire album done and we're able to be like, this sucks. This is great. You know what I yeah, mean? And fix sure. everything. So that's something that's a hundred percent going to stay yeah. in this band. Cause we, we, you know, even though we like to just like, you know, be like, let's go, you know, we have to have more preparation. Yeah. And was there a specific direction with this, with this one as far as sound wise? Uh, so I, when I came up with the, when we were talking about the, the album, um, I was saying that I wanted us to do something more on the progressive side where the album kind of blended more of what we do technically and what we do heavy, just in a better way. Um, at first we were going to, the idea that I came up with was for us to have the whole album seamless, but, um, we just went with the last three songs being like a, a giant chunk. Uh-huh. So eventually I think we're going to dabble into that, but mainly we just wanted to be as musical as possible, but as aggressive as possible without yeah. really breaking that that softness barrier. Like I 100% want this band to make another violent sound album. So if you're listening, like, no, that shit is coming. But Mm -hmm. like we wanted to do something that brought out the, the, the metal in us. And that's really why I think this album is putting us on tours that, you know, with cattle and stuff like that. Cause this album is more of a death metal album, more of a metal album, more of our technical side, but still has its really slow, you know, points. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just be better, I think it was. Be angrier. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it shows a little more diversity in, in some of the sounds. For sure. The the only thing I think I miss from the album more is I really do love Wyatt singing so much. He has such a unique singing, like the singing yeah. singing, uh, like stuff like in the drip and, you know, whatnot. I, I, I love the... And, 
uh, that that album as a whole, I love it. And this one, I think, does bring uh, a lot of aspects out that you don't hear in any of the older last 10 stuff. So I, sure. I, I 100% agree. Fault. I 100% agree um, where you guys have a little more of the faster paced stuff that gives you a little more diversity. It, it takes you less out of the core, like being so cornered into the core side of the scene. This um, is what I want. Yeah, for sure. You, you definitely don't want to be cornered into the core stuff. Like really right. from my experience too, the best tours the Browning has ever had have not been in the core scene at all. You know, it's, yeah, all, it's, sure. it's been with always know, the metal source. Yeah. hundred percent metal. Like I always like do quotes like mainstream metal, but not mainstream, but you know, bands that are more widely accepted. And, but even then, like you guys are on a death metal tour right now. The thing about death metal fans is they're rabid. Like they're, they're diehard, uh, you know, mm-hmm. heavy, to their genre. Yeah. And so whenever it comes to, um, doing core tours, I think, I feel like people like, jump like whatever bands hyped like so often where yeah and the hype bands always uh yeah i i agree with that all day yeah whereas like people that love cattle decap have loved them forever and right. so if you pick up some of those fans they're also gonna love you forever hopefully yeah, yeah. no i agree with that 100 percent um i really want this band to move out of the whole core thing like i know people love to suck the dick of soulless hymns but like <laughs> guys you know we get it it's a great album but you know yeah this band has done so much better since that album like i don't give yeah. a shit how anybody feels about me saying that like yeah and the last thing we want to do is be deathcore gods like you want that oh, album sure. to be your fucking messiah <laughs> like knock yourself the fuck out but like right. that album is does not represent what this band is anymore we yeah. respect that album and that album is our heritage and we love playing those songs live and you know they're awesome songs but we love what we're doing now, you know, just as much. Yeah. So there's not a difference to us. Like people who comment and try to act like, um, you know, like, you know, like soulless hymns is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And I'm like, you're, you're, you're just eating the internet hype, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. And the band is great period. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's, I feel like a lot of people, deal with that um band wise like same with me the whenever Facts. people whenever people tell me that burn this world the album that i released 12 years ago is the best work today and i'm like man you're like ripping on my whole life right now <laughs> yeah dude like there is no there's no way that an album written by one guy is better than an album written by four <laughs> other combined amazing musicians. And then you're going to tell me that that one's better just because you like to rock it more. Cause that one, you know, that one part where it goes really low. Like, <laughs> I really like that part. Like shut the yeah. fuck up. Dude. I think like, that's so stupid. I think where people get that, have that uh, feeling is uh, all nostalgia. That's it. It has absolutely. to, it has to absolutely. Only be nostalgia. It's because it's because we lost a singer and didn't tell you why. So everyone's like, the album is my favorite. What happened? <laughs> if we would have told you why, you would have all been like, oh, no doubt. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, but definitely. we didn't tell you why. So you all like freaked out about it. Uh-huh. Keep freaking out. You're never gonna know why. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just um, also the evolution and just even going with the um, the sound like. You know, he had crazy vocals, but that, that was about, that was it though. It wasn't diverse. Like, I think that your voice is a lot more, um, strong and diverse. Like you hit some pitched notes, especially on this record, you do it a lot more, um, like some pitched screams and like, uh, yells that I really, really prefer, um, especially for a more wider audience. Um, you got to have that that type of tone in your voice at times and you definitely hit it like really good Um, i appreciate that i definitely respect what that dude brings to the table all day you know there's there's no doubt about that but i i do love what i do with this band yeah um and i do have a lot of fun with it and i do feel like our songs now have more room for fun just like they do for mosh yeah, for yeah. sure. And I, so. I I would like to see you, um, you know, I like Wyatt's uh, melodic vocals, but I do really like whenever you do the pitched yells quite a bit, too. And so I want to do more of that, really. Yeah, the some, next album has a shit ton of that. That's something I want you to that if I just as a listener, I would I would love if that was more. I'm a big fan of Gojira um, and that's like his pitched yells 
are like a big influence on me on my vocals. And so I love anytime someone's doing stuff like that. And you hit it a few times on this record. And so as a listener, I definitely would want that more uh, because you really do hit it really good. Um, I really appreciate that, man. I love singing like that. I like it just kind of taps into the rock side of me. And I love I love Dave Grohl. Yeah. And that just makes me it just makes me feel like I'm rocking like that. You guys do have a, a, you have a few moments on this record where you get real Rocky. Yeah. Like, uh, like the hate what you love song. Let's go. I love, I love that song that I wrote that song. That's, (laughs) that's, I remember talking to Mike cause he didn't like that. Yeah. Uh Into the breakdown. And I was like, dog, you've never heard this before in your life. This is hard as hell. I'm doing it. (laughs) He was like, Oh, it just sounds weird. I've never really heard that. I was like, that's exactly why I want to do it. It's so sick. Yeah. Yeah. I, that some, you even, uh, like some of the solos and all that kind of stuff. I'm all Man, about bluesy. it. Yeah. yeah, me too. I really want the next album to go more. I want to go like balls deep, violent sound. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, with for like sure. a, every and and then when I do go heavy, it's like real bad. You're like real heavy. You know what I mean? Like, uh huh. Yeah, I, and so I I love that diversity in in there with um, certain different styles. Maybe you guys can. Thank you. Yo. How. Uh, <laughs> ZZ Top was like combine the blues and the rock. You guys can combine the blues and the deathcore. There you go. Let's go. Let's <laughs> do it. Bring me to fucking blues town. There you go. <laughs> Put me on a bus. Let's go. Yeah. And so um, doing parts like that, um, those like big bluesy sections, like live, how does how does that like feel? Amazing. I love singing the parts more than the screaming parts. If I could be completely honest with you, singing feels so much different than screaming. And for me, the feeling is way better. I would, I would, uh, I would honestly never scream again if I could be in a band and sing and not make and, and still do still have a career. Like not because I have anything against screaming. It's just that having that, you know, singing with soul in your voice, you feel it in your body. Like it's, it just feels like drugs. It's, it's amazing. And anyone who can sing like that knows exactly what I'm talking about. Like screaming is your adrenaline and singing is your heart. And you know, you mean you love way harder than you hate usually. And yeah. that's coming from a guy who hates everybody. So like, <laughs> like, listen, you know, so I, 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 like when I sing that that intro in Butcher live, I love that. When I do that part in Invictus at the end for my friend, like I love every inch of that. Like I I love singing those parts. They're a lot of fun. And are you you're are you doing like clean cleans live or is it the like still have a good amount of grit? It still has a guy. It still has a good amount of heat on it. Yeah, but it's not. Um, there are different levels of it. Like what I do in Invictus is more of like a a clean, but it's more of like a shout. So it's not super clean. And then what I do in the beginning of Butcher is like super gritty. Um, and, you know, has a lot of like a lot of heat on it. Um, and then kind of like what I do at the end of Live on Broadway, which is one we're also playing live, that has a shit ton of heat on it. That's basically just me pitching and screaming. Yeah. For sure. And yeah, I I agree. There's a different feeling whenever you really nail like a singing part live. The Browning for the first like three records was all just screams. And I was even like, oh, never. The Browning will always be ever. I'll never sing. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I started adding some elements in and really doing and and having people sing along is something that I that I never thought would be as cool. You know? Yes, it is. I would much rather see crowd participation almost over moshing like because i love when people flip out but like when the whole room is jumping up at the same time or the Uh whole room is singing or everyone's got their hands in the air waving them with you like that's just as good for me do uh people seem like the the crowd participation is just as much right now oh yeah yeah no we're having we're we're lighting it up it's fucking awesome i'm I got, I have to realize that I shouldn't call for so many like stage dives because my boy Ethan got all his lights in the front for cattle uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm always getting people to stage dive and we got to like block them. So Drew, who's filling it on base, he'll like stand in front of it and I got to stand to the side. Like we're always making people flip out. We've been doing a wall of death this tour, which has really been crushing, which I'm <laughs> loving. Heck yeah. That's a lot of fun. 
Yeah, it's my first time doing it. I Have you ever done one before? Blind. Nope. <laughs> I, I broke my cherry. I brick by brick. I felt like fucking Lamb of God. I felt great. <laughs> I wanted. To, I wanted to be like. <laughs> now I, you, I know that you know every single wall of death in your mind. No matter how many people are in the pit, you you're gonna assume it's gonna do great. But there are the ones that hardcore fail. You ever had? Oh, have you had dude. a fail one yet? So yes, um, <laughs> only because I was silly enough to ask for it. Exactly, I, I right. knew <laughs> it was at the Joliet show, uh-huh. and I was like, I was like, I should. They weren't moving at all. I was like, I should not say anything about this wall of death right now. And then it just came out of my mouth. I was like, you guys know what a wall of death is, and I was like, you asshole. I was like, Why did you say that? <laughs> like, and then all of a sudden, you know, like eight kids turned around and ran into each other. And I was like, God damn it, dude. Like, why did I even do that? It was just, we just stood there and kept staring at us. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. That's sometimes, especially being in such a routine, like being a vocalist, I'm for me personally, once I'm on a tour, I pretty much say the same exact thing every day at the same pace between every song during every song. I don't really like freestyle anything. Do you? Uh, so not really like a little bit, like, um, there are certain things that I say, like, like a roundabout there that like the things that I say, but like they will, they'll morph a little bit depending on how much, uh-huh. how, uh, how much attention I'm giving the situation. Like I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm pretty medicated most of the time. So sometimes I'm like in the middle of yelling, I'll forget what I'm going to say and it just changes to something else. There are definitely times where I go to yell things and I'm just like, I put my hand out to the crowd and hold the mic and I just put the mic down and I'm like, I don't have anything to say. Like, fuck it. Have you yelled the, the wrong name of a city? Yes, but it's the best story ever. Oh my God. It. So we were in Kansas City and uh, I was like, Oklahoma, how the fuck are we doing? And everyone was like, yes. <laughs> no one even said anything at all. I come off stage, we crush the set, right? Where everyone's Dang. at the merch table. I come off the stage and I'm like, dude, I love it here. Oklahoma's sick. And my merch guy's like, bro, we're in Kansas City. I was like, what? He's like, we're in Kansas. I was like, are we really dude? I was like, but I was shouting Oklahoma. He was like, yeah, no, everyone here drunk. No one cares. I was like, dude, this is sick. I I had a really I've done it a couple times but I had a really bad one because uh, there was we had a song that ended and I would just yell the name of the city and then hold the mic out for the crowd to respond and we were in tu- yeah we were in Tucson and I go Albuquerque hold the mic out and it was freaking dead quiet people start laughing and I'm just like oh Jesus man. It was bad. I was like, where are we? It was one of my worst moments. Back out. <laughs> it was one of my worst. I don't get embarrassed on stage usually when stuff happens, but that that one I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. Okay, so worst moment on stage, I think, for me is when uh, we were literally two seconds into the, our set. And last time's a four-piece, so like the whole band is pretty much just three dudes in the front. So... <laughs> we're like two seconds into the set and I'm like yo Canada what the fuck is up and I go to jump and I like trip over the monitor <laughs> so I go flying and then I take down Manaker and his microphone so it's like this whole half the band falls <laughs> over on stage the microphone's like <laughs> like dude it was awesome. so bad it, yeah it was awesome <laughs> absolutely awesome yeah it's, it, uh, but luckily we were in Canada, so everybody didn't put it on YouTube. We were hoping oh, it was because it was so funny, but they were polite enough. <laughs> hey, you could have gone viral off that. You should. Stay, I know. That's what I was kind of hoping. I was like, dude, I was like, everyone hates this album right now. We'll go so viral with everyone watching my fat ass ball in this white T-shirt. Like, let's go. <laughs> was that on this tour? No, no, no. Oh, that okay. was literally uh, that was on. God, uh, when we played with a Virgin's Crown like oh, okay. three, four years ago, yeah, yeah, it was when the Violent Sound was still out. I don't even think Machina was out yet. Christian and was still in the band. Like, uh-huh. God, yeah. And so this record, um, it's it's a self titled. Yes. Yeah, I like the logo. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so it was made by. Um, our dude Valentine, uh, he's a really talented artist out of Oklahoma. He does a lot. Of, he uh, does a lot of our designs that we have right now, and uh, a lot of the branding that we'll most likely continue to use for a long time. Heck yeah, yeah! You got to find the one, and especially if it matches what you're going for, you got to stick to him. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, th- did you guys put this out on a on a label? Yeah, so this is out on Unique Leader, oh, okay. which is actually really awesome. We've yeah. uh, we worked with Jamie before. So it's been really nice to to do more work with him, just in a better aspect. Gotcha. And so, um, and and I know why it does some of the vocal or some of the lyrics, but on you did a, a pretty much half the record almost, right? 
Uh, kind of on this one, yeah. yeah. I I did more on the last album because we needed to, you know, get things yeah. done more. Um, but this one, he sent me like I think six songs or five songs or something like that, and I just yep. kind of went at it. And so the very first song on the record, also the very first so- vocal on the record, you start out strong with the. Uh, Oh yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I love little. Awesome. I love little random vocals like that. It's it's especially live. And the thing is, I I was I, just gonna say that I always do those things live, but I never did them on record. And my wife came out on uh, one of the last tours that we did, and she heard me doing all these. I would do like pig squeals. I would do like grunts, stuff, stuff like that. And then she was like, "Why isn't that on the record?" And I always just viewed it as a live thing. But now on our new one, I put all sorts of little weird and you know gutturally stuff i'd never would have done it's just they're fun to do they really are that's why i do the same thing uh so like things that i would normally do live i definitely wanted to put on this album that that 100 percent happened because i do the same thing with all merch like random things that i yell in between mosh calls are the things written on our shirts it's not the lyrics or anything (laughs) like that like the things that i will yell live are on the Uh t-shirts like and so uh, it's, it's cool. And do you guys all kind of pitch in together for merch ideas or? Um, mainly they're just kind of me. What I usually do is I go to our artist, Valentine, or uh, we're working with another lady now, Jody. Um, usually, or Jordy. Jody, sorry, whichever one it is. I'm sorry. I have to look at my <laughs> phone. Well, she's awesome, though. She's also a tattoo yeah. artist. Uh, but she definitely crushed these new designs for sure. I really like them a lot so um normally what i do is i go to her and i tell her like hey we need to spread i want to use these ideas and i send her a file of pngs and she just kind of just has at it thank you perfect and uh so invictus unto fire let's uh let's get into a little bit of the lyrics on this one and i love the um i love chanty stuff like really like repetitive chanty stuff i'm all about it um and so the the repeating the the rain death right, you yeah do, yeah, and so this one right here, um, and then also you have the other one the hate church one, and so yes. I, I love those those chants like that, and uh, so rain death, you just want to let's we can go through some of the lyrics. Are there ones to you that specifically stand out? Uh, well, that entire song is a very interesting story. Um, so it's a story about me losing everything in my life, uh, specifically my best friends um, and uh, a relationship, but specifically my best friends. Now it's become the relationship. It's all it's accumulation. It's just crazy. So I wrote this song when my best friends were alive and when I was dating this girl. And it's about me losing everything. And I showed, and my best friend has even heard this song, Mikey, Michael Katafumo, called Mikey Fats. And um, when I wrote the song, it was just, you know, an idea. And then in January, um, I had an animal that I was really attached to that passed away that I had spent a lot of money to keep alive and worked really hard to always keep healthy. And I couldn't save them and they died on me. Now it was really, really hard. So when recording the song, that song was, their memory was in my heart for that song when I recorded it. Then, not even two weeks later, Mikey dies. And it, like, turned my whole life upside down. Like, I can't even, like, we would get into such another topic right now. (laughs) Like, it's crazy. Like, I miss my best friend so much. And I've never really felt, like, alone until I didn't have Mikey Fats. And so that song took on a whole new vibe, you know, that now I've, you know, I've lo- I really have lost everything. You know what I mean? And, you know, that song lived on for Mikey and it does live on for Mikey. I dedicated to him every single night. I dedicated it to him in the music video. I thought about him every single time. I, I talked to him on stage every single time we play that song. Like I, that is, that is Mikey's song. But also now I have also lost a five-year relationship due to my own deeds because I I broke it off and then just kind of like fucked it up trying to mend it at the end. So like now on top of all of that, the song really does represent me losing everything. So it's almost like I wrote the song as a prequel to what was going to happen to me before it actually happened. Um, 
So the song really does mean a lot to me. So rain death repeated over and over is really just about everything in my life dying, like that animal dying, my best friend dying, the relationship dying, my my feelings of feeling like I have friends dying, the feeling of feeling like I'm not alone, even though I'm with people constantly dying. Like I just that song is is a lot of me. You know what I mean? That they like I know it talks about um forever in sickness it's all a lie that's not the relationship part of it that's actually me referring to how they found my best friend they said he killed himself and because he was a drug addict and i don't believe that because me and mikey fats are the same person and if i would have killed myself i promise you two things number one there'd be a second body and number two there'd be a note and neither of those things existed so i know it was an accident so that's what that really refers to in that part um other parts of it uh, just refer to, you know, the, you know, being obsessed, you know, not being obsessed, but just being a part of a friendship that is like your brotherhood. Like I, Mikey's my brother. You know what I mean? That was literally my other half. Like you could ask anyone in my band, you can ask dudes that are filling in for my band right now. Like they would tell you like, yeah, that like Mikey Fats is John. It's crazy. And so, the, the lyric, the welcome to the worst day of your life. Is that you speaking to you or... Yeah, that that's me. That's me. That's me speaking to myself. Yeah, yeah. Like, because that's just it, it. the but the worst day is count is countless days. Yeah, it's a, the day is forever. The day doesn't end. For sure. Yeah, but, and yeah, so that, the, yeah, so there's kind of a uh, a lot of stuff that kind of all accumulated into this song of, um, just overall loss and um. But what's the is there um. Uh, like a keynote to to that loss or is it more so like still because you say you know the the confusion line is there is it still something that you're is there a solution in this song or not necessarily a solution but like a, a no, answer I'm or fucked. yeah no i i am totally fucked yeah i'm i'm very screwed right now like i don't know what to do i'm very 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 fucked <laughs> yeah did you have any songs about that feeling on this record? Uh, n no, because the, the it was done by the time all this happened. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. The album was recorded in January, and then, you know, I had the cat die, and then it was just everything else past that happened after the album was done. But, like, you know, Bean dying was really messed up for me. I've spent, like, almost 15 grand to keep that cat alive, and then $200 a month every single month and medicated food and all yeah. sorts of stuff and constantly making sure that someone's there to feed them and be there three times a day to feed like, yo, like literally like a handicapped child. Like that was my son. You know what I mean? And then yeah. for him to get cancer and for people to tell me like, Oh yeah, I can't do shit. Like it's really shot, you know, for them to die yeah. halfway through their lifespan when, you know, they're, they don't like anybody, but they're a baby with you. Yeah. It was bad, so I, yeah. I was. That's still hard for me. Yeah, it's it's like that with animals. There's something about them, um, and especially my wife is very very connected to animals. But it's it's made me that way as well. Um, they're just innocent, and so something about it is somehow a little more sad when sad it's things not happen. Fair. Yeah, because they don't understand. Exactly, they just get scared. Yeah, and they die. Yeah, we had a a really bad incident happen with our cat that we had. Um, she got attacked by some dogs and That's fucked up. yeah, it was, it was really rough. And so I, I feel you right there. It's, it's hard, especially when it, when they are young and just kind of, and whenever you try so hard, um, I was wondering if it was a, you have the lyric eternally chained my soul to the hound. I was wondering yeah, if it was yeah. a, a dog, but it's a cat. So yeah, the, yeah. It just, it, it just rhymed better. Yeah, for sure. But really, but really what it is, is the, the, just the hound of hell. Like I'm constantly chained to this fucking pain. Yeah. Like something is always happening to me. Like, yeah. So this song's kind of about these things that are happening and it feels that it keeps happening. And then you're just, um, you know, perpetually in this feeling of being connected to something negative. 
Yeah, yeah, dude. Like I, I like I've been kidnapped by family members when I was a kid. Like I've been bullied my whole life. Like I've had people shit on things that I love. I've had, you know, all sorts of terrible shit happen to me. People think that I'm I'm this angry guy on stage because like I'm just like one of these dudes who wants to be in this tough band. Like, nah, bro, I'm a real angry asshole. Like that shit is real. <laughs> Like, yeah. come see me. Like, I'm uh-huh. not, you know, I'm a nice dude, but like, I really have bad shit that happened to me. I'm pissed off for a reason. I'm not just cranky because I want to be in a metal band. Yeah. Well, and you're from New York. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't help. Right. And so the, the hate what you love line. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Because That's actually way you, back. Because you use that in this, but it's also the name of a, another song, right? Yes, because Hey What You Love is a connection to my childhood. Uh, hey What You Love was a song that I wrote for one of my first bands. And uh, during, and that was like, it was like a big song for that band in like the area where I was living. Um, it was like the first song that got us noticed in New York. So it's a throwback and, to, to an old an old band, but also yes. something that's meaningful. Right, exactly. Super local band when I was like 16 years old, but like all the high schools knew about it type thing. Like, so, you know, Hate What You Love is that is that song. We had a song called Hate What You Love and it was about, you know, kind of the same idea, but not really. But Hate What You Love is a, is my, is my new giant middle finger, which is great because it doesn't come off like that until you get to the end. Yeah. And so, but, yeah, uh, and because you reference it in the Invictus Unto Fire and yeah. um, I also I also really like when people do that. I do it often too, where I reference a, a song or something from another song in another song, just kind of tying the stuff together. For um, sure, if I get my way in the next album, you will hear literal parts from other songs be repeated in new songs. Yeah, yeah, I'm all about that. And so, um, yeah, the so like. Hey, what you love? The song starts out. I remember back when uh, life was all pretend, but I got chewed up. Yeah, so that's about the whole song. It, uh, not the whole song, but ninety percent of the song. It, well, I, we're gonna say this: the song is about being addicted to playing music and my family being addicted to following their own dreams and them crashing and burning and how everyone has to talk shit about people who are trying to just do something out here. Like I got a lot of fans out there who want to talk shit about me all the fucking time. And I never got anything to say back. And at the end of this song, I really just let loose on everybody who's constantly just got something to say about how you hate my band. You hate my vocals. You hate that. I do this. You hate that. I do that. Yo, Cry me a fucking river if you hate me, because it's all that you can do. Yeah, you can't do anything else but just bitch and moan on the internet, because I am addicted to doing this. I am never going to stop doing this. I can't stop doing this. This is who I am. It's in my blood. My parents followed their dreams into the fucking ground, and they never accomplished them the way they wanted to do them. I will do the exact same thing, and none of you are going to stop me. And I could give a shit about what any of you have to say when it comes to trying to put me down in something good that I'm doing. You think yeah. that just because you listen to music thinks that you get to have an opinion about dumbass shit that you understand <laughs> nothing about? Incorrect. Right. Yeah. And uh, the big thing, uh, it's something, and I even, I did a whole podcast episode talking about, uh, this topic of, of people hating, um, just the, like you said, hate me, you love to, right. And it's because there are people on the internet where they just like, they literally want to sit there and just rage and want to, to start a fight or want to try to bring whoever down. Exactly. Like just like people who have literally heard maybe fucking 30 metal albums their entire life go talk shit about my band because they love solar stems like blow me. <laughs> yeah. Like write me an album, dude. Right. That's what I want to say. Yeah. And I, I really have to I try to not respond to anybody because I, I mixed and mastered this whole record myself. And I got some, I got some comments on it of people talking about the mix. And I just want to respond and say let me hear your mix real quick. Yeah. yeah. You come do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I want to yeah. see you do this, get everyone's attention enough so that people can bitch and moan to you about it, how much they hate it. And yep. then I want to see how you feel. Exactly. Because, like, because obviously <laughs> it's good enough people listening, like, uh-huh. but let's hear yours. Yeah. And that's the thing is they, they somehow think that their opinion is like, so 
righteous, but like you said, if they put out music, they would just get freaking trashed probably more than Maybe, we do. yeah. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. You know what I mean? I bet some of them would be ridiculous, and I'd be like, word, well, while you are here, sitting over here shredding on guitar, obviously I'm not playing songs like that, so thank you for putting me down because yes. I don't play music like you. I actually... That's how that would go next. Yeah, like, <laughs> I have a story about that. It was a long time ago. I don't even know who in the band is still there, but uh, Rings of Saturn, whenever the Browning was still just like a solo project, and mm -hmm. so was Rings of Saturn, I, so it might have been Lucas, I don't know, or, or whoever his second guitarist was, they were just straight bashing on the Browning because it was just all breakdowns. And I'm like, but I'm not trying to do this crazy weird shreddy crap you guys are so it's, yeah it's not relevant you know exactly like my when people complain that my band is too slow and boring like bro we write metal songs like rock songs we're yeah. here about the songwriting and if you want to mosh along to the angry ass shit that i'm stomping around about do it but yeah. i'm not here to make you be like whoa dude do you hear what he's playing <laughs> that's not why i play music yeah. i'm here to make you sing along and dance around yeah. i want to hear girls scream and get bras thrown at me i don't care how much you <laughs> like it and how much your dad likes it like that's crazy <laughs> yeah yeah and uh like you said i'm on top of the world right now and so this this song has some uh some positive connotations yeah just for the fact of like because you know so it's like um when it says talking about the other side of the fence like come smell the roses because everything is not perfect when you everyone thinks like oh you're in a band you got this big life oh you should be doing this like oh how come you don't do that like people like they look at you like you should be doing something for you know something for them like uh -huh. you owe them something you know what i mean but like yo the roses ain't that great over here like when i say i'm on top of the world right now on this pile of gold like it's really not gold at the end of the song. It's on this pile of shit because it, it's <laughs> not everything you think it is. Everything you think this world is meant it's, it, being in a band like this, making it in a band. You don't do that shit because you want to, you do that shit because you literally like you have to, like your body is like, you have to do this. And you're like, okay, no one really does this all the way because they want to, everyone does this because like they have a drive in their body. That's like, you're going to do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? When they get older and comfortable and they're on a bus and they got mad cash and then they're going <laughs> out and they don't need to go to the show anymore, then yes, then would then those guys are doing it because they want to. But me, I'm addicted to this. If I had to stop playing music, I would just be some asshole in my house with tattoos and a job. I don't, <laughs> I, it doesn't sit well with me. I can't do that. I, I am the singer of a band. You know what I mean? Right. And that's what the song really is the forefront of like, and it goes into the fact of people talking shit because I, I, I'm not going to listen to you. I don't care what you say about how much I suck. I can't stop doing this. I know I don't suck. I know you can't sing what I sing. Yeah. Like I want to see you come do my set. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even, and, there, and there are plenty of amazing singers out there, but like, I don't see any of these amazing singers telling me to fucking to get better. Yeah. I exactly. see kids who don't sing at all telling me to get better. So <laughs> that's like, that's exactly it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I'm tired of hearing it. I'm the type of person who like, when I hear people talking shit, I'm going to be like, Hey, yo, here's my middle finger. So there's the song. I'm addicted <laughs> to playing metal. Stop talking shit. Cause I don't even know what your name is. And yeah. I hope you enjoy that shit because that's one of my favorite songs on the whole album and it means a lot to me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so was this the exact same like lyrics or content matter from your old band? Uh, so kind of. The old band was a little bit more... Uh, a little bit sadder because yeah. it was more about losing because I was I was like I was like uh, I was getting I was losing members in the band uh -huh. and stuff like that. I was losing friendships and stuff because like we were fighting over this girl. Uh, but it, it was just it was the first song that I had written for this album. And believe it or not, the intro, uh, I remember back when life was all pretend. That whole thing is yeah. previously written from a band I was in called Refuge. And that guitar player who now plays bass for the Merciless Concept is actually on tour with us, filling in for Mike. And when I had written those songs for Refuge, I had originally written that intro for a Refuge song. And that intro of Hate What You Love reminded me of that. And I was like, oh, let me see if, if that fits over there. Uh -huh. And I just kind of started singing it over it. I was like, oh, it does. I was like, let's go. Here we do. I'm like, let's do this. <laughs> and I just kind of like snapped my fingers and like, smoked yeah. a bowl and i was like we're gonna get into this like that's like <laughs> six in the morning i was like let's go like <laughs> yeah and so one of your lyrics on this song up here high as f on this pile of gold 
Uh, so that's just me being high on the ride. You know what yeah. I mean? Like when you're on tour, you kind of have this feeling of like, I can say and do whatever I want. Like I feel way more comfortable walking up to a random person and like spitting myself at them than yeah. I do. Maybe let's say when I'm at home, you know what yeah. I mean? I would feel super awkward. Like I don't even like calling up to ask about Chinese food when I'm on, <laughs> on home. Like, you know what I mean? But like when I'm out here, um, a little bit more social, like, yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of people like, uh, that I feel like that on tour, um, because you kind of do get in this, uh, it almost feels like a, a freaking traveling carnival at times yeah, and you're yeah. just, you're in your element and you're around people that are also in that same element and you're just on that, that outdoor high. Like, yeah. you know, like when you, when you go out with your friends and you guys are having a blast at the the restaurant or the bar or what have you, and you just come out of the bar with all your friends and you're like, Oh my God, this is the great, like that's tour the whole time. Yeah. Like, yeah, so you, you know just get time? really good at holding on to that feeling. <laughs> yeah, whenever we were on tour with you guys, and we we're hitting up Denny's like every every couple days. Every day, <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> yeah, it it really does. You're just kind of in this um, weird traveling circus of yeah. metal dudes, and everyone. And like you said, it's it's not as especially now. There's a big misconception of what it's like to be. Uh, a quote-unquote rock star one there's yeah, there's yeah. never there's never going to be a rock star ever again to exist i don't think um besides ones that are still living um for sure and but from our end like it is definitely a lot grimier and like just not even necessarily grimy but definitely not as comfortable as people would expect no 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 like there are like I'm on a winter tour right now and anyone who tours knows exactly what I'm about to say. <laughs> like my feet are fucking killing me, dude. Like yeah. I would just love for my toes to be warm for yeah. God's <laughs> sakes. Like venues, if you're listening, like I love when we get a green room, but like some heat would be yeah. sick. <laughs> yeah. like a vent in that bitch, anything like fuck a little heat, anything, some coals, maybe a garbage can that I can light a fire, <laughs> like something. Yeah. It's so fucking cold in these brick ass basements. Stop yeah, it. definitely. And that's, that's one of the things too. And one thing I'm, I'm kind of worried about getting back in or getting back out there is that, uh, like what venues are even going to be open and what, and like, are they going to be the ones that do have the, you know, more than one green room? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I just, uh, hopefully like are, are the rooms you guys planned? Is it still a lot of the same standard ones or are you playing some new ones because main uh, venues so shut down? This has been a big mix for me. So I'm playing a lot of new venues that I haven't been able to play before. And I'm playing a lot of venues that I have played before. Um, in the shutdown, I really noticed venues that I disliked go out of business. Yeah. And I'm not even trying to be a dick, but I really did yeah. notice like a handful of venues, even in the tri-state area that I hated that uh -huh. went out of business. And I was like, oh, thank God I'd never have to play there again. <laughs> and kids were like losing their minds about how like how devastated they were. The Cubie's my favorite place. Like, dude. <laughs> Yeah. That place had no fucking windows. I don't want to play that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a different um different what's what's constituted as a good venue compared from the band's perspective and the crowd's perspective. Like, oh, for sure. Like I mean, I'm sure I love I'm sure that a lot of fans really love going to Whiskey Go-Go, but I can't stand going there because there's nowhere to park and they have such hardcore restrictions. You can't even bring a Sharpie inside without, without the freaking uh, security coming at you. And so it's like, it's a cool legendary venue, but from my perspective, it is a freaking nightmare. And yeah, I hate <laughs> when venues treat you like a child. Like, uh -huh. I get that you have to do security and stuff like that. But, like, to be honest, dude, like, how likely is it that the dude playing the show is going to shoot it up? I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, for like, sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're not at a show where it is possible that most people are going to have guns. We're at a show where, like, maybe one or two people are going to roll through with a gun. All of us don't have a gun because if we do, you know where it is? The van because that's what it's used for to not get shot while you're sleeping. Yeah, exactly. But like I don't I like, you know, like I bring a dab rig to almost every single venue. No one usually says anything to me because, you know, we're living in a different time. But there were times where you would have security guards trying to act like they were Superman. You know what I mean? Because they, yeah. they, you know, you couldn't bring weed in the building. And it's like, dude, like, chill out. We're not going to we're not going to destroy anything. Yeah, like, right. it, 
guys want to flex because you don't have your tag and stuff like that. And then like, bro, my face is the flyer next to your head. <laughs> yeah. Like what is going on, bro? Like, yeah. And, and especially after the second or third time I walked past you, I'm not showing you it anymore. Dude. Yeah. Like I'm very noticeable. I wear yeah. bright colors. I got tattoos all over my head. Like, you know, it's me. Uh-huh. Like I look like I'm supposed to be here. Like, uh-huh. and the, uh, it's to me, I actually had this conversation, uh, with one of with my last podcast guests too. I, it's the worst experiences I have in the industry are never with band dudes. They're either with venue staff or crew for bands. Yo, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Band crew can be some of the biggest dickheads in the yeah. entire world. Luckily in the, uh, in the past, you know, like this tour have been great. There have been certain tours though, where we've been on like, and we've been like, guys, like, do we, <laughs> do we have to, do we have to flex so hard? Like we get it, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. but, like, for God's sakes. Like, yeah. And know? I, I can't stand when the venue staff is like so overzealous and particular, like Dude, I, yeah. I remember this one time I was, I was, it was uh, in Michigan at um, the intersection and I was pulling up to the back. There was clearly one spot for me to be able to pull my van into because all the, va- everyone was already parked and I'm pulling straight into where I need to park. And this dude runs over to me, sprints, screaming at me as I'm driving my van into this spot, holding up his hand to stop, waving his arms. I roll down my window. I say, what's up? And he says, you need to park right there. <laughs> I was like, thanks, bro. That's literally what I'm doing. Thank you. <laughs> but, I really appreciate it. You know, dude, if you didn't run up here like a banshee screaming, I would have never known. <laughs> like, I didn't even know there was a building there. Thank you. Yeah. You saved lives today. But the crew on, on this tour has been good. Oh, dude, I love everybody on this tour. Everyone's been super fun. Everyone's been super chill. All the cattle dudes are awesome. They're, I know a lot of their crew, too, so that was really cool. It's been a, a really good time. And there are – I've definitely run into more venue staff being jerks than anything. But actually, on this tour, I will say all of the venue staff have been pretty awesome. I don't think anyone's really been – a dick to us once. Well, I think you know, a guy passing on the street was uh-huh. a dick yesterday, and that was that was it. Well, the the thing probably is is uh, you know the saying you don't know what you're missing till you don't have it or whatever. Oh, truth. And so mm-hmm. all these venue people lost their jobs for two years, <laughs> and then yeah. they like please God open up and have shows again, and maybe they're yeah. You guys miss cleaning up piss in bathrooms, don't you? Yeah, I definitely. knew you'd miss it. <laughs> I knew you'd come back. I missed it too. That's why I'm here peeing on the floor. Exactly. <laughs> no, I don't pee on the floor. Please stop peeing on the floor, guys. It's really yeah. Fun I was like. actually just as you said that I was thinking in my head of how bad venue bathrooms are, and then I thought about venue bathrooms the in the UK. Like your shoes will come off if you walk. Dude, in there. oh my god, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I've been in venue. I've been in. I feel like I've opened up bathrooms in the UK, and I think like it's a portal to a third world country. And I'm like, is this a Stargate or a bathroom? Like, right. The walls are rusted. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yep. Straight up. Yeah, it can it, be bad. You, you walk through there and your shoes pop off because they stick to the floor. And yeah, to put like you have to put sandals on your sneakers. Yeah, and then somehow before the show opens, every every dude goes in the women's bathrooms, and even in the UK, the women's bathrooms floors are all sticky. It's like, what's going yep. on here? Yeah, and not a shred of heat in any of the bathrooms. <laughs> no, just freezing. It drives me crazy. My 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 butt cheeks hate it. <laughs> Yeah, it's the worst. and uh, so being being out right now, being up in the north too. Do you guys? Because you guys are just in Chicago area as well. Yeah, um, you guys just you guys doing a van and trailer. Yeah, we're still sticking in the van and trailer, but we've been running it every night, destroying our transmission. But yeah. so it's been keeping us really warm. Do you own um, the van or are you renting? Oh yeah, we're we're stupid. We own the van. Okay, yeah, because I was about to like, say, <laughs> I was about to say, dude, I started renting vans like six years ago, and it was the best decision because I didn't care about was. running it overnight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, I, I wish we would continue to do that, but we uh, we kind of needed a van, and this was this was it, so we yeah. just bought one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's we owned one for a while. I got really lucky with ours because whenever I did buy one originally, because. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I could afford, it was like a $4,000 van or something. So, you know what you're getting into. And it yeah. completely broke down in Albuquerque. We were stuck there for like a oh, week. But God, the thing is, Pet Boys messed up one thing while they were trying to fix it. And they redid the entire engine for free after that. Oh, beautiful. So there you I, go. Yeah. So we were stuck there for a week and missed half of a headlining tour. But 
Uh, they yeah. replaced the engine. So <laughs> there you go. See that terrible news, but also great news at the same time. Do you guys got bunks in there? You on the bench? Yes. So we have two benches in the front. Uh, I sleep out here, and Wyatt sleeps out here, and then in the back we have four bunks. Um, yeah, they're like a little split down the middle. Uh, so we have room for seven if you include the front seat. How much? How many people you got with you total? We have six right now. Nice room to spare. Yeah. Yes, we have a sound guy and a merch guy with us, which is great. We have Sam Kirby with us, which is awesome. And we have Dylan from Weeping Wound uh, doing merch, which is great. So you you guys are bringing a sound guy with you? Yes. That's nice. Sam has been awesome. I love working with Sam. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I I pretty much have only ever brought sound guys out whenever we're headlining. Uh, But... I mean, if you got the room and got someone that you like for it, then, you know, bring them yeah, out. Yeah, we didn't want to, we wanted to bring someone that we knew for sure. Cause we wanted to sound as, as good as possible. We wanted to bring someone that knew our music and, yeah. um, Sam definitely knows our music. We had asked a couple other friends of ours, but they were busy. Um, and you know, Sam was more than happy to help us. Yeah, definitely. And, um, the, Especially, yeah, because a lot of times what, what bands will do is they'll share a sound guy with a headliner or something. They'll pay him some extra money. But Cattle Decap is so specific of a sound that's different from you guys, too. So it's it's definitely good to have, have your own setup going on there. Yeah, it's, it's nice to have someone that understands our sound for yeah. sure because we have more of a bassy sound. Yeah, and so uh, as far as like what we're talking about, you know, it's like you said, you do this because you you love it and it's it's your thing that you do. Um, yeah. But and we're talking about how uncomfortable it is and gross it is because the places suck. But really, at the end of the day, like the light at the end of the tunnel, like what's the what's the vision? Because you guys are you're talking about pushing the sound with the new record to be more um, and out of the core realm. And so, like, what's the direction? I would just like to not have to have a job while on tour, regardless of what we're playing. And I want to be more, I want to be more just comfortable playing live. You know what I mean? I really enjoy playing core songs and, you know, being rock and roll and stuff, but I really would rather be rocking out. And I would love for the band to do something more on the, the rock side, like we were going with, I think we can do that again. So um, the idea really is to just make sure we make money to keep doing this, you know, regardless of what we do, um, regardless of what music we play out, we will always break out those old songs. So yeah. you can guarantee that if we ever make it big playing rock songs, you <laughs> will come to a stadium to hear the box like, and that yeah. shit will be crazy. <laughs> and uh, so as far as monetization goes with the band, I think that COVID had kind of opened up some people's eyes as to the how you can monetize outside of playing shows. Cause it, you didn't have a choice. You, you'd had to figure it out. And so what's yeah. your guys, um, direction as far as monetization goes outside of concerts and records? Oh, I think you need to treat the band more like a TV show and less like a band you need to bring people content that is going to keep them kind of going. So, you know, merch is really cool. Interactive, being interactive on your social media is really good. Um, just, have ideas just make sure you're doing something that brings people in don't just drop a ton of music like a lot of people during the pandemic were dropping a whole album and stuff like that and it's like uh-huh. you know some uh, you know you want to just drop a little bit because you're not going to be out there playing all this music you don't yeah. have a way to really push it especially for newer bands like you know bands that have never played shows before are dropping six song eps and like you know full length so it's like guys you <laughs> yeah. need to just you know put out a song a month yeah and go from there yeah, and um, I I agree with you on all that because I what I kind of thought because um, the Browning hundred percent of the focus was always touring. There was no focus pretty much anywhere else, and so all the money was in the touring realm. And I think it kind of opened my eyes to instead view it as more of a business that instead of the tours being the consistent thing and the online being the side stuff, flip it to where the online is the consistent thing and the and the tours are the really special stuff that happens. Yeah, because people have their phone in their hand way more than they're at your show. And even when they're at your show, your their phone's in their hand. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And so I think I think there is some business aspects that just kinda need to be reverted in this in the modern world of uh everything going on. I think that it it kind of showed you can be a successful band and not have to be out there torn 12 months out of the year. Um, and do you guys have more tours lined up after this? 
Uh, so nothing yet. We're trying to really figure out what we're going to do. Um, but we are definitely going to be touring a lot. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Def- I mean, for some bands, it's, it's, it's the whole point of the music too. Like, especially with you guys, it's, it's heavy. It, like you said, it gets the crowd moving and that's how I feel with the Browning stuff too. I write the stuff with the live interaction in mind, you know? Me too. Yeah. And so it's for you guys, definitely a live aspect is a huge part of it. And as far as the reactions to this record so far, um, what's people's favorite song so far from people's reactions? What's what? I'm sorry. What's uh people's favorite song off the new record so far? Uh, so everybody seems to really dig the new Butcher song and Invictus. Uh, a lot of people are really into Alter of Poison and Glory <laughs> B. And then a lot of people are really into Guillotine Queen and uh, and Vampire. Yeah. All, so, uh, a lot of place. songs with different vibes, yeah. Yeah. And I do, I get that a lot too, um, asking people what their favorites are. It's like some people will just like the three heaviest songs. Some people like the three most melodic. Never really a combo, but it's like one or the other. But that's a good thing about your new record is it has uh, some diversity to where, you know, the it's not just one song that's melodic or has the rocky stuff. It's kind of dispersed throughout to where people can actually right. that like that style, like multiple songs. I agree. Yeah, we definitely have a lot going on on this album, and I was very happy about that when I got the tracks from Wyatt, and I was like, I'm glad that this is picking up into a more metal direction, unless it's just like, done, 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 Right. Yeah, and I even heard a little bit of synths in uh, Invictus in one of the parts. Yes. There's some background work there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he definitely wrote a nice little progression for that. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, but yeah, I I love the record. I think it's di- a diverse, um, and it definitely fits the realm. But I do think there's a lot of room uh, to even accentuate some of those aspects you like more. I love I love your pitch singing and the pitch yells, and I also love Wyatt singing. And so I think the rock root you guys accentuate that even more. Like I mean, I'm already a fan, but you guys do that and it'd be like something I'd be listening to a lot for sure. I agree, man. I want it to be like super fucking heavy, but then we're rocking like Foo yeah. Fighters vocals. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, definitely. Like just crazy heavy Foo Fighters. That's what I want it to be like. <laughs> there you go. Heck yeah. Well I appreciate you talking to me and I try to fucking stay warm out there. I am definitely trying. You'll catch me in a ski mask all the time. <laughs> but you're heading down to Florida here in a minute, though, so. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I can't wait. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Nice. Well, I will. And uh, how much longer you got left on this tour? So we are literally dead center in this tour right now. We okay. have yet to even pass the middle point. Oh, We're right in the middle of it. So I got to do everything I just did from January 10th <laughs> to now again. That's like it, touring. It's like. It sometimes it feels like it goes by in a breeze, and sometimes it just drags on. And yeah, so. <laughs> no, the la- I tell people all the time the last week of tour is like the last hour of work. It's forever. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, but we are halfway through this, mother. I got like three more weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, Four. I appreciate you talking to me, man, and I I want to tour with you guys again too. Whenever things really yeah. get going, definitely. And Let's definitely do that, yo. I appreciate you talking to me too. I love talking about the music. Heck yeah! All right, I'll talk to you later, dude. Absolutely, Johnny. Talk to you soon. Yep, peace.